Hello and welcome, travelers. This is Preston, and now I am lord of this, the digital soundscape. You may be wondering why it is me hosting, and as we get to our guests, you'll kind of figure it out. But as I like to say, this is my show, gosh darn. It's a joke for all you Miranda Goes Outside pants who <laughs> just love REI for some reason. All right. This is Draft Punks, the show where we make a list about whatever we damn well please. I'm here with my co-host of late, Ryan Stabell. Yes, I am here. Thank you for being here, Ryan. And for <laughs> Thank you for having all me, Preston. The videos. And we're joined by some hosts in their own right and fellow PAX goers, which is our topic of the day. It's Bob Buell. That's me. I'm one of those. I'm a PAX goer and a guest. Thank you for having me. PAX goer, host of his own show, 99 Questions with Bob Buell. That's the name of it, baby. Too many questions, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> and we're also joined by Jacob McCourt. Hi, thank you for having me. I like video games. Bob, what happened to the 100th question? That's what I need to know. Uh, it was a litigation thing. I had to, I had to take it down. Uh, I get those, it. Uh, I'm going to blame the fat cats in Washington, Jacob. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Isn't Preston from Washington? Ooh. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I passed the legislature. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> thank you for being on. Um, I think a lot of our things at PAX, which is our topic again, will be a crossover between the four of us uh, because, Bob, we got some time together at PAX. And as a fellow first-time media badge person and as a representative of 99 Questions with Bob Buell, overall, how was your time at PAX for the first time having a media badge? First off, let me just say, media badge would recommend. So cool. <laughs> Great flex immediately. As soon as I got in line and had to scan in, they were like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, you're with the media. Oh, right this way, sir. And they like brought me to its own separate line. And I was like, oh, well, I wouldn't call what I do media, but sure. I, <laughs> I guess technically that's, that's what generous. I am. <laughs> um, and, and literally it's just carte blanche to, to all of PAX. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And it was such a lovely, lovely time. Uh, I only got to spend uh, two days there, uh, Thursday and Friday, but um, uh, still unreal. I packed my days with way too much, um, <laughs> way too much uh, demos and interviews and talking to everyone and shopping and food and drinks and all sorts of merriment in all directions. And it's just a wonderful time. Yeah. And Bob, did you, I mean, I think we realized that we, it wasn't so much a mistake because we had some really great conversations, but the fact that we put all of our interviews just an hour after each other, it feels like it's just not nearly enough time, even mm. if you aren't making videos in the moment or you're not recording things. You're like trying to re figure out your thoughts. And then it's like the next booth, you have no idea where it is. It's some, yeah. you know, indie studio where you're going to have to line up the name of the game with the name of the studio, which isn't always on the uh, invitation. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have to figure that out with the booth number with on the map. And it's just, it's kind of chaos. It, it's fun chaos, but it's, it's chaos. absolute chaos. Like I, I've been to New York comic con and they have much like New York. They have a grid system. Like, you know where mm -hmm. you are on the show floor via the grid system. This place. It's like, Oh, you're at booth 
uh, 2000? Oh, find booth 2001. Betcha you can't. Because <laughs> it's not next to it. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, literally one interview I had was with uh, the folks at Bread and Fred. Sorry, the folks at Bread and Fred. It sounds like a fantastic game. Looks like a fantastic game. I couldn't find your booth. I looked at my emails later. It turns out you were at an adjoining hotel because yeah. you didn't even have a booth. Oh, no. So, yeah. sorry I no-showed. I deeply apologize. But, like, that's just part of the chaos of PAX. But it's it's a beautiful chaos, you know? It's like a, I don't know, a rose? I don't know. In, in editing, add a better analogy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you do Insert that? Insert analogy. Bob, here's a fun thing. I also messed up my literal bread and fret appointment oh. <laughs> in that I went with a colleague of mine who also is part of our podcast, and she and I booked back-to-back, or we booked the same time slot, Oh, but the PR person was like, Oh, they're booking two time slots. They'll need an hour. So essentially, we were there for 30 and had booked other things. And they're like, you have an hour. So we felt guilty. We're like, oh, no, we have to stay longer. And so we missed one of the panels that we were going to go to because we just felt like we needed to stay longer. That's weird. We both screwed up Bread and Fred. (laughs) Good game, though. Damn it, Fred. Yeah, it looks really cool. And again, the perfect game to screw up because like <laughs> man is that a punishing game whenever you do screw up if uh-huh. either person does it's a wonderful game um not on my list but it's a good one uh jacob host of left behind game club cutscenes a video game yeah. movie podcast uh-huh. and video game trivia i should say yep. co-host as well of course you have yeah. other hosts with you you hosted two panels and i think you were on a third yeah, yeah, I, I just hate my spare time, and I also, like, hate my time at PAX. I was just like, what can I cram in here? <laughs> yeah. So I did all the things. And no, it was super wild. interviews? Uh, and I was doing media interviews, so I was re- like got reminiscent there, because it's only my second time having media at a PAX before, and uh, the first time I literally did, like, 12 appointments in a day, we got this. Never again. This time I learned my lesson. I'm like, maximum three-ish appointments in a day and that way i can walk around and you know sometimes maybe drop the media badge and be like hello i'd like to check out your game and then you get a somewhat little like experience with it but uh yeah hosting two panels in a day was the first time i've ever done that and that was a lot uh but it again i'm really privileged because like not zero people showed up to either and it was super fun and yeah those are available uh by the time you hear this those will be out out online so um and y'all were in the room for one of them yes Uh, yeah i think ryan went to both i was i went to video game trivia yeah what i get tunnel vision so i'm just like who is here (laughs) it's not zero people great yeah and again like for video game trivia it was a full conference room um at least from what i saw and so Mm -hmm. i mean whenever y'all did the line and you came up at the beginning and we'll get to this at some point i'm sure it was like if you're in line now and you're at the beginning of this line chances are you will not make it back to the front of this line again. And it was totally right. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, there was no way that someone was going to be able to answer twice, uh, which, I mean, worked great for, you know, setting expectations. People like participating in things. So I love being up front in panel descriptions because I don't know if you all have had this. This is my ninth PAX that I went to. And Mm -hmm. I have a story from back in the day, and I will not disparage anyone, but I went to a panel a couple PAXs ago where the description was, we're going to talk about, Video game music. It was actually that. And got in there and it was a creator who is, you know, somewhat prominent. And they were like, yeah, I didn't really prepare anything. So like, let's just do a Q&A. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. So <laughs> since then, I've said, 
I will have my descriptions be accurate. And even if I want to change it later, I'm sticking to the description because some people like live and die by that description. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely one of the most important things you could do for a crowd is set expectations and a game plan for the rest of the, the show. Yeah. If they want to leave one minute in, like I will be, I will be like, yes, if this is not what you thought it was, I set expectations. Please do not waste 59 right. more minutes of your time. Life is short. Yeah. Don't hear me talk about uh, Crytek developed video games <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, speaking of expectations, Ryan, yeah. what can the listeners expect when it comes to uh, a draft based? How does this show work? Uh, well, Preston, you see, Draft Punks is a show where we snake draft random topics that interest us and our guests. In a snake draft, uh, each team has one pick per round, and the picks go in a specific predetermined order. After the round is over, the following round is in the reverse order of the previous round. So if you pick first in an odd-numbered round, you pick last in an even-numbered round. Now, uh, Ryan, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. In a snake draft... After each round, everyone has to make the sound of a snake. That's correct? Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Making sure. Making sure. Which is, as someone with a pet snake, silence. Let me... <laughs> make we'll see no about that noise. at the end of the first yeah. round. Uh, it's clearly not a rattlesnake, then. You need to get a pet sure. rattlesnake. I don't I think that that's a good decision. <laughs> or give it a toy rattle, so it can feel like one of its own. Just tied onto its yeah, tail. That I think that's not cruelty. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's episode is focused around our trip to PAX, hence why it is the four of us. Um, I was the only punk to be able to make it to the, the show, so figured what better guests to have than my friends here who all went to PAX with me. To be clear, we are able to talk about anything from PAX. It does not have to be video games. It can be a certain cosplay, an interaction, a panel, or, of course, Video games. Every episode, we let our community vote on who created the best list in the previous episode. However, episodes been real weird lately. So again, we are going to just create a randomized list. Our order for the evening is three. That is Bob. Two. <gasps> that is Ryan. Four. That is Jacob. One. That is me. So I will be going last. We'll be starting with Bob. Then Ryan, then Jacob, then me. The and pressure. That the pressure. Bob. My goodness. What is the overall, out of all picks, best thing at PAX? Oh boy. Um, well, this was for me, all right? Because I can only speak for me. I'm just a boy. And I I, I can only uh speak on on my time and uh City of Brotherly Love, Boston, as they call it. Um, on s Friday, because I was only there two days. On Friday, uh, I did a good amount of shopping, walking the floor, doing some shopping. And I found a little booth that somehow had completely uh, missed me the day before um, that was selling video game vinyl records. Vinyl Ooh, record soundtrack games no it was like right when you went down the main escalator all the way to the left like the first booth hard left all against the wall um and from there i made two purchases uh, which are going to be my number one draft pick if i can allow two purchases for one draft pick nope 
It is the Mega Man Legends 2 vinyl soundtrack with an absolutely Whoa. adorable cover of Roll and uh, the Monkey Data having breakfast. All hand claymated, by the way. And uh, truly what is my number one uh, draft pick. One of the best games of all time. Fantasy Star 4 for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> one of my top ten games of all time. The vinyl soundtrack to it with an art book inside and a nice little essay written about the game. This I pre-purchased this vinyl about six months ago, and it was supposed to come out about four months ago, and then the date just changed to no shipping date and was just like knocked off the map and who knows when I'll ever get it. So walking through packs and finding this on the wall for $10 cheaper than I pre-ordered it for, I might add. <laughs> I canceled my pre-order on my phone while I was in line to purchase this and brought it home, and I am so happy. Uh, all is right with the world when Fantasy Star 4 is around. So my number one draft pick is that video game vinyl booth all the way on the left. I wish I had their name uh, at PAX. Uh, Bob, for the listeners at home, can you hold that record up to the camera? For the listeners? Right there. Hold on. Let's let we can get a nice sound of the paper. Oh Ooh. yeah, that's good. That's good. Listeners gonna love it. <laughs> what is the? What would you say is one of the top songs off of that vinyl that I can just slip in here somewhere? Rye Cross Field off side D is excellent. Take off Landall if you're looking for an actiony pack. Uh, and uh, I mean Field Motavia is just classic. That's classic. Good elevator right there. But you got the art book. Oh, there. So that is really cool thing. that it comes with the art book on the inside, too. It's, it's, it's only about, like, four or five pages in there, but come on. Come on. It's a gorgeous thing. Do you mind me asking how much were they? Uh, I think 40 bucks a pop. That's not bad. That really not that bad. Especially and whenever you're handling, shipping and handling for, like, delicate stuff for a vinyl. Exactly. You're going to be paying quite a pricey little bit of extra if you're getting it online. Yeah. So well, well worth the purchase there. Jacob, did you see this vinyl? No. And I wanted to like type up and be like, who is the vendor? I want to find out who that was, but my keyboard's so loud that I didn't want to be that guy on a podcast. <laughs> well, we've got, uh, I'll put it in the show notes for any of these vendors that we see. Um, yeah, a vinyl I, I don't know how I missed this final booth because I definitely would have walked away. I was telling Ryan, I walked away spending no money at PAX. I have what? no idea how I did it. I went into there fully. I mean, I immediately came home and bought a capture card. So like, <laughs> the money I saved was immediately wasted. But uh, it, I, I walked away without spending money. I absolutely would have just poured my wallet open for some vinyls. Mm -hmm. Oh, they had a lot of them. Uh, I believe it was either, looking at the uh, show floor map, Video Games New York or VGNY Soft. Mm -hmm. Don't know if they're the same company or not, but that was the booth where I found them. I think it's it's it was one side, like, Video Games New York is like the video game store, mm. and then VGSoft is like their digital publisher, because that store is actually uh, publishing games now, yeah. which is a That's thing, sick. cool. So, Hey, shout out them. That's New York, baby. Ryan, are you going to be taking any video game music for your first pick? 
Uh, no, I'm not going to be taking any oh, okay, video game okay. music for my first pick. <gasps> These aren't snake noises at all. <laughs> uh, and this pick is definitely not me pandering to anyone who may or may not be on this draft panel right now. Hmm. Okay, uh, okay. But okay. Uh, my... <laughs> My first pick is going to be the video game trivia panel we went to. It, was, a, it was an absolute blast. It was so fun. I was about to go to pander, to pander, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pander. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> uh, it was just a lot of fun. The room was like so invested in every answer. Uh, the trivia was fantastic. Not something that like anyone could have known or just Googled. Like it was really good trivia. It was great. It was it was a really great panel. Can th thank you for saying that. Can I give you like some behind the scenes on it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> So the first round is like a basically a jumble of whatever video game trivia I can find. Uh, but what I, how I typically come up with those is, I don't know if you saw, but they're always kind of like connected where each question kind of flows into the other. Mm. I usually just go on a game randomizer and then randomize it until I go, oh, that's a fun piece of trivia that I can get about this video game. And then I start with that video game and then I go, oh, that video game reminds me of this thing about a video game. And I do that 13 times. And so that's why you get in a situation where I talk about Crytek yep. at the start of it <laughs> yeah. and then talk about Snoop Dogg and Zac Efron's love of video games. Mm -hmm. It's weird, but you know, <laughs> but it works. I appreciate like you, you feel that. the through line throughout the entire show. Like yeah. you, you can sense that about the questions, but there's not in any way where you can predict the way it's going. I same. was accused of planting that woman who only spoke in French so that I could flex my French. <laughs> that was incredible. Well. I, I just has been speaking French my entire life. So I'm like, oh, let me do this thing now. The crazy part is two other people on the panel spoke French. And I'm like, guys, why didn't you like help me out there? The three of us could have done that together. And they're like, we barely like Travis and Katie who are on the panel. They're like, we barely functioned up there. So like that you spoke French was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, anyone that wants to watch it, I, you know, you've got the VOD up now, right? It'll be up by the time this comes out. So you can find that at uh, youtube.com slash Jacob McCourt. It'll be there. Yeah. And so they, there is a moment where uh, I think she was answering a question. So I, I had put up like, what, what do you think the Metacritic score for Mad World on the Wii is? Which yeah. is like a, an old ass video game, which is great. And one person was like, that's me. So I'm like, of course, I need to ask you. This is like a 15-year-old video game. Tell me about your review that you wrote. And she goes, I'm French. I don't speak English well. And then I was like, okay. So I literally ran towards her and just asked her in French, like, tell me about your review um, a moment. I, sw I swear it wasn't planted. I couldn't plant something that good. <laughs> and it took you by surprise yeah. for a second because you were like, oh, okay. And you started to turn around before you stopped and just started screaming French into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I had that moment where I'm just like, am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? I and like so to it took me. You remembered that you spoke French. You're like, wait, hold on a second. I know yeah, hold these on. words. I've been doing it since I was four. I can do this at this woman. And it's probably only her, but it'll be a moment. I don't know. Yeah, it was so. it was really good. The uh, Like Ryan was saying, with the crowd interaction with everyone, like hanging on every uh, answer, the crowd had an, a vested interest because we were a participant and could potentially win. Mm -hmm. And so you had people... Uh, that were like righteous rage at some of the answers, yes. but it was never, uh, it never got out of hand. It was never like, um, no one was ever like angry to the point of actually getting angry. Everyone yeah. was kind of like this, like, ah, come on, we can do this. We can do this. Yeah. 
and it was more about supporting the person up uh, asking the question than anything at else. worst and i don't know where y'all were sitting but ryan there was a guy at the fr- in the front row uh when i put up superman 64 mm. and he just like the thing is I, I heard him out and he was like that's the worst game ever yeah. i heard that thing and then he just kept going and i'm like cool i'm just gonna like keep going like bro if you hate superman 64 like you do your thing, <laughs> but like he just kept going. I'm just like, I, okay, keep, keep the show moving. <laughs> Superman, <I'm> Superman. 64 <laughs> just screeches every oh, show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I should not have it in future shows. But no, Ryan, thank you, thank you for saying that. That that's really kind. It of was a blast. It, it definitely stands out as a highlight of the weekend for me. Nice uh, for Pax West. Here we come. So Jacob, what is your number one overall? Ooh. Oh man, I I feel like I have to do a non-video game thing too <laughs> now, so I'm not the first one to talk about a video game. Um, <laughs> damn, am I gonna do my non? You know what? I'm gonna do my non-video game thing now. Okay, I'm gonna give you my favorite coffee shop <laughs> around Pax East. Ooh. Are you ready for it? Ooh, I yeah. This before, are y'all coffee yeah. people? A little bit enough. Okay. Did you go to Flower Bakery while you were in Boston? No. Okay, so Flower Breakery, there's a couple of locations. Um, there's one that just when you get into the seaport, it's like on Farnsworth. So you go across the bridge and then you kind of take a right and it's kind of tucked away in a corner. Uh, but Flower Bakery, um, not only do they have the loveliest coffees and you can kind of like get away from the shore floor. It's like maybe 10 to 12 minutes away from the convention center. Uh, but they have the best bakeries and, and or pastries and sandwiches, especially for people who have allergies to, let's just say, gluten or other sort of intolerances, they're very good about that. Uh, so you can get yourself, next time you go to PAX East, I recommend that you go to Flower. Uh, you go a little bit early because sometimes PAX people kind of know about it because it's close enough. You order yourself a little egg sandwich and that egg sandwich comes on some nice bread. It's got like a Dijonais kind of uh, little uh, sauce on it and it's just like pick ham or bacon. You get your egg on there and it's not like an egg. It's like kind of like an egg um not a almost like an egg patty but it's clearly been like freshly made and uh you know maybe top it off with an orange and poppy seed loaf afterwards uh that is honestly one of the highlights whenever i go to pax is like i go every morning to to flower to pick up my breakfast and my lunch put it in my bag so i don't have to buy terrible food on the show floor um (laughs) that's flower bakery and cafe uh please enjoy it next time you go to pax now i do have one point of uh, uh clarification F L O U R, yeah. F. It's funny they have gluten free things and it's it's spelled F L O U R, oh, which okay. would kill my insides. <laughs> but they do stuff without. Just like seeing the sign, kind of recoils yeah. at first, but they welcome. Uh-huh. I get a rash by entering the the building, but <laughs> the taste it's so tasty. They throw uh, flour on you like a color run. They just like <laughs> handful of powder. Yeah, it's how you enter every time. They just say welcome to flour and they throw it at you. It's a thing. But how no, we're odd. keeping it non-gamey. How odd that my first pick is also a breakfast item. Let's uh, go. It's not. <laughs> uh, it was <laughs> my my breakfast. The breakfast item. I just wanted to bring it up that you could get whenever you first walked into the cafe uh, into the convention center. There was a place with like pre-made sandwiches that Ryan and I got every single morning because we were always mm-hmm. running late, and mm-hmm. so we were just having to like rush over there and grab it. We also stayed. At an Airbnb about 20 minutes away. Um, and so we would have to like walking or like driving. Driving. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah. And so the first day we took a train. That was pretty cool. The trains there are pretty outdated, but uh, 
took a train and then whatever. So the cafe right inside the convention had pre-made sandwiches and it, they had a uh, sausage, egg, and cheese on uh, French mm-hmm. toast yes. sandwich that mm. sounds so much better than it really yeah. was <laughs> because it was just cellophane and under a heat lamp for who knows cheese how long. was liquid. So it was just all super soggy. Yeah, it was all like, I mean, it was, it was exactly what my body needed in the morning, every morning though, from <laughs> the amount of staying up and drinking we did. It just kind of uh, nourished me with syrup and egg. Mm-hmm. But my first pick and the first video game <gasps> to go Demon School. Oh, uh, good, good choice. Demon School, we got to play it a little bit at PAX West whenever I went with Holden, and we had a great time. And that was one of the ones that we kept talking about afterwards. Ryan and I got an interview with them. Again, it was like, Super early, 10 a.m. We weren't even allowed onto the show floor until like 10, 15. We tried to walk up with the media badge and be like, hey, we've got a, an appointment. And they're like, get out of here. You're not <laughs> allowed in there early. That doesn't matter. We, we tried so hard to get around them. But um, those enforcers, they can enforce. They are there on top of their game. But we got an interview with. Uh, I just. Brandon went. Sheffield. No, no. Um, Who's Necrosoft? No, that's not. That's the developer. Is it Necrosoft? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, thing. that did not sound right in my head. But um, it, it, it's a fantastic tactics uh, grid-based RPG where they try to cut out all the menus as much as possible to where all you have to do is take your character, place them on the tile you want to send them to, and the game will kind of do the work for you. And as long as you are making your characters either flank an enemy or attack near around the same time as the, uh, each other. They'll support each other in ways that like either build up your attack power or heal each other or make, you know, combo moves, right? All of this works to streamline tactics, grid-based combat, which is normally kind of clunky and menu-heavy, and just kind of get you in and out of the fights very quickly, and it's all immediately... I think understandable um, right off the get go. Again, this is like a Shin Megami Ten. God, why am I? I cannot uh, persona like you know it's set in a school, uh, and over the course of the game, you kind of are seeing this demon world within the school that you are going back and forth between, and the writing between the students. You know, your four currently four student characters that the relationships between them are all really well written. You have your really sweet character. You have your kind of himbo jock. Uh, it's all amazingly well done. And I cannot wait to see more of Demon School. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Jacob, did you get an interview with them? Uh, so I played it at West and got an interview with them at West. And I think oh. the most striking thing that um, that you mentioned or that maybe you touched on is that the the baddies, the world that comes into the school um, has a different graphical style mm-hmm. than the students do. And so you get these like, uh, as described to me, like Sega Saturn-esque like bosses coming in, taking up the whole like or parts of the grid-based, um, you know, floor that you're on and just like their hands will come down and then just point on certain 
like grids, for example, and it's wild and it looks amazing. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to play this game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so good. Bob, did you get to see him? I didn't, but I saw your guys's gameplay of it after the fact. And uh, yeah, I'm in. All I had to hear was Sega Saturn, and I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ryan and I, like, one of the things for this one, I don't know if it was the same way at West, but they had their own, like, little, they called it the White Void. And basically, it was just a segmented off area where media got to go and get more of a one on one interview hmm. um, and kind of be away from the show floor. And it was, as first time media people, uh, first time badge, excuse me, media badge uh, holders, it just felt cool. It <laughs> felt neat for them to be like, oh, come on over to the media room. We're like, yeah, we can go to the media room. Later, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> um, and then, like, we because we had showed up late, we were, I think we were eating into, you know, the appointment from someone else a little bit. So one of the guys kind of popped his head in. He's like, Hey, I'm the marketing director, uh, and I just needed to let you guys know you need to get the fuck out. <laughs> we're like, whoa, okay. He was like, I'm just kidding. But seriously, we do have another appointment. You do actually have to get out. We're like, okay, that's completely understandable, obviously. Uh, I I was actually off the sticks this time and got to just enjoy the writing. But I, I can't like freaking wait to get my hands on it. The characters were a lot of fun. Uh, if you've played it, you know the rooftop scene. I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but they already spoiled it. Uh... <laughs> spoiled. Uh, if you know, you know. You. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, the the tactics was a lot of fun. The art, art aesthetic is uh, really cool. The uh, Their whole like logic behind the more 3D, that Sega Saturn effect, is like, well, demons are 3D and humans are only 2D. So like the more 3D a being, the more powerful a demon they are. It's it's very cool aesthetic, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. My second pick for the evening starting round two. Sorry, Preston. That was the end of round one. (laughs) 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 Preston, the floor is yours, please. Thank you, thank you, Bob. Uh, no more of these interruptions. <laughs> no more of these interruptions. All right. Uh, round two starts with Shumi, come home. Mm. <laughs> you got a hat, didn't you? I did. I didn't. There were so many hats on the show floor, though. There were so many hats. We actually hats. stopped a couple and asked them. We were doing, we're trying to do like video interviews. And I feel like the guy answered Shumi come home because he like looked over at his girlfriend and was like, the hat. Uh, Shumi come home. I know that one. I can say that one because it seemed like a um, a sudden answer from him. But it is an exploration-based game where you are a little tiny mushroom and you're running around a big world. And it is completely that uh, short hike mixed with little gator game. And it's all about just comfort and coziness and exploring with a, uh, uh, what is that, endurance meter that slowly runs out. You know, it, it's a very similar concept to many other games we're seeing. But I think the thing that makes it stand out a lot like what Little, Ga- Little Gator game stood out because of is the dialogue is just, it's got that like kind of 
Gen Z casual nature about it where there's a little bit of slang thrown in there. And so it's not uh, like necessarily timeless dialogue, but it is super casual and comfortable and familiar in a way that makes you feel grounded in their world as much as Shumi feels ungrounded in the world because he's trying to find his way back home. But yeah, they gave out hats and everyone <laughs> was wearing these little <laughs> Shumi hats and I did not get one. It's a good game. Uh, I think it's something to look forward to and just kind of, it'll probably only be a couple hours to play through. So it seems worth it. I'm sad I didn't play this one because I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And as a fan of a short hike and little gator game, uh, looking at it, I'm like, I would play this because there was mail time also, which is being published by Freedom Games. which I played that at PAX I West and I was that. like, this I, this doesn't feel right yet. It it might get there. Shoot me uh, come but home I was just, shoot me come home. Okay. But I mean, this looks dope. So mm-hmm. I love the art style, was... by the way. It's got a very Katamari vibe yeah. to me that sort of polygonal look where, and as you are turning, it kind of looks like everything's catching back up to you as you're moving around, but it seems intentional, I hope. (laughs) But uh, there's a, there was all, well, we'll get to that maybe a little bit later on. Uh, There was another game that was similar to it that I think would be fun to talk about, but Jacob, I believe you're next on. I am next. And I would like to talk about a game that was not on the floor, but I played behind closed doors. What? Uh, this Evil is something that y'all probably got a note about. I want to talk about the Mage Seeker, a League of Legends story. Oh, yeah. I did see a note about that. Okay. So uh, it's made by Digital Sun. Digital Sun made Moonlighter. That was their first title. Uh, Moonlighter is fantastic. If you haven't played it, it's probably like 10 bucks on a, on a digital platform. You should play it. Uh, but essentially, it's a Riot Forge game. So I know that y'all are some Riot fans in here, uh, but Riot Forge is like their way to give IP to developers uh, to make games that are not League of Legends. And so they did a Hextech game. Uh, I think they've done one or two others, but to me, this that is like the King? first real... Yeah, the Rune King is, is a Riot Forge game, but this to me is like the first one where I'm like, oh, hmm. non-League of Legends fans need to play this damn video game hmm. because it is an action RPG. Uh, the pixel art looks amazing. You play as Silas, a character from League of Legends, who is this mage who can not only capture other people's magic and use it against them, but can actually, as the game goes on, like use his own magic repertoire that he ends up getting. Um, it just felt really good. I've not played a game that felt this good, that looked like this since Hades, to be honest with you. Wow. Like it's, it's that good feeling, um, probably because That's it's coming it out so soon. It's out in like 13 days from recording this on what? April 18th. It is out like imminently. So we played a near final version of the game and, you know, it looked to have a cool story. The, the, uh, the, the combat was great. It looked amazing. The music, uh, they ended up working with Garrett Coker for the music. So like it just bangs on every level. So, um, please check it out. Uh, you will watch the trailer and know if it's a game for you really quickly. Uh, that's the mage seeker, a league of legends story, uh, by digital sun. I am so frustrated that we didn't take that appointment now because it was one that, I mean, I just saw League of Legends story. I was like, ah, there, the other games have not grabbed me in any way. So ah, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll just, I'll see it when it comes out and it'll probably be, uh, you know, something I skip over anyways. But I did not realize that it was by the Moonlighter devs because. Yeah. And that's what pulled me in. Cause I was like, oh wait, the Moonlighter people are doing it. Yeah. Okay. Watched a trailer and said, oh, I need to play this. So, um, 
I get it, but like, you'll want to play this video game. Oh, and it's only going to be half. It's going to be forty bucks, so like, it's kind of a reasonable buy as well. You had me at pixel art and not League of Legends, and I'm interested (laughs) in that. (laughs) What you don't like the leap, the deep lore of League of Legends? All 147 characters. (laughs) Yeah, is this character in Arcane? No. Mm. Yeah, I will know anything about him then. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. I mean, that'll give him time to, uh, you know, it'll be his own game, own character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I won't have any preconceived notions uh, or any background with just like hate from someone else on my team that screams at me when I play him wrong. <laughs> Kindest community, that League of Legends community. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> You're supposed to dive, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you going mid for? You go left. <laughs> I need help top. Please help. Stop juggling. <laughs> these are these are all the phrases we know. I think yeah. that's, we, we've You've tapped, tapped it, it all. Yeah. That's it. It was at yeah. this point I uninstalled the game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's all I learned. Uh, Ryan, what is your second pick of the night? My second pick of the night is a game uh, we all saw at a Sony State of Play back in September. Mm -hmm. I got to have some hands-on time with, and I don't know that I could be more excited after getting a chance to play Pacific Drive. Let's go. So good. Uh, It was so good. It was all the things I kind of wanted to hear out of that game uh, after the trailer left me interested but cautious. Uh, I'm excited for car maintenance but not so in-depth that I'm turning individual nuts and bolts. I'm excited for off-roading, but not so uh, hairy an off-road experience as something like SnowRunner or, or MudRunner. Um, and I'm really, really excited to dive into whatever this supernatural Pacific Northwest story they've got brewing is. You know, when you've got sentient balls of floating tires trying to steal the car that I'm driving in, I have questions I need answered. <laughs> The biggest question of that was the world and mm. was sort of I, I started to understand the loop and I pretty they do a really good job in the demo of onboarding you to fixing up your car, every individual panel of the car being removable, replaceable, upgradable, repairable. Every single bit matters, and that's what you're really taking care of, right? They do a really good job of onboarding you to all of that, and then they kind of just say, Good luck take your car and get out there and good luck and you'll be driving along and all of a sudden there's no gravity and you'll fly yeah. up into the air and then you'll slam back down and they'll and be surrounded by 40 mannequins and 40 <laughs> mannequins it's all really really weird and i mm. really hope that they lean into that strangeness in a way where i don't necessarily need answers but i do need more a little bit more intrigue beyond these are things just placed on the map to make you go, huh? And then mm. eventually you see that thing on the map for the 10th time and you stop saying, huh? <laughs> and that's about, you know, where it ends. I hope that there's a little bit more, even if it is just um, picking up uh, audio tracks or notes or something right. to give me some lore yeah. to how weird it all, all is. He, uh, Blake, the guy that we spoke with at the booth, compared it a lot to Annihilation and the Southern Reach trilogy. And those, like, I mean, it, they nail it. They re- It really does. You can see the comparison there. But that has such deep implications and sort of there's 
there's a whole host of reasons why all of this occurs in the Southern Reach trilogy and like all of the uh, fallout from all of this. And I want to have that kind of depth here. And I'm not sure if that's going to be available. Ryan, I need to know when you played the demo, mm. did you go into the garage and explore it or did you immediately repair your car and hit the road? I explored for a little bit, but probably not as much as I would have liked to because I wanted to get a, a feel for the driving. I'm a, I'm big on games that they put me in things with four wheels, uh, so I really wanted to get a feel for how that was going to come across and, and whatnot. Car feel good? Driving feel good in first person? Yeah, yeah. It felt really good for me. I uh, I like what they've got going on handling-wise. It's it's not so simulator-y that it would push away people who are you know, not into that thing, but it's not so arcade that it's silly like it's it's taking itself seriously enough in the world they've got going on the car feels super weighty like it mm-hmm. you, you feel like you're driving around a ton of like scrap metal yeah yeah definitely pacific drive ryan's second pick yeah. bob what is your second pick oh my well might as well follow the the pattern here and go with a game as well my second round draft pick is infernax I don't know if anybody played this. Infernax, developed by Berserk Studio. It is a 2D, uh, I would call it a Metroidvania, but it is a straight-up Castlevania uh, game. Very much 8-16-bit graphical style with all the violence turned up to 11. So as you're running through your Castlevania-style dungeons, as you're whipping and axing and sorting all the zombies, you get to see them, like, actually come loose from the bones and you're being splattered by blood the entire time. And they have these cute, like, think like uh, Ninja Gaiden on NES-style cutscenes, but it's of people like, you know, oh, you run into a villager. What are you going to do? Looks like the villager's been bitten by a zombie. And the options are like, try to save them or put them out of their misery. And if you choose put them out of their misery, it's this incredibly gory, like fist flying through the person's <laughs> face. and Like their eyeballs are shooting in all directions. Um, it looks fantastic. Uh, and I believe the game is already out, but what they were there to promote is a two player co-op, um, which is literally just like, Think of any of your favorite Castlevania games, but now you're playing both at the same time co-op on the same screen. It looks so incredibly fun. Uh, I talked to the developer for a little bit. Uh, He had such a ball uh, enjoying it. Also, the booth next to him was playing the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. So it was all kind of vibing together. Uh, All good things were happening, but uh, Infernax. Uh, Please check it out. Infernax with an X, but not with an E at the end. Don't you dare put an E at the end of that. (laughs) Uh, and these are the folks that did just shapes and beats too, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, really cool guys. And um, again, I am I am all about that retro aesthetic, and this absolutely nails it. So, uh, uh, really, really cool stuff. This looks super dope. Does it feel kind of like? Because I know you said it feels like old school Castlevania, but it like there are numbers that come off some of the folks mm-hmm. it reminded me a little of shovel knight like is it again still that kind of that kind of feel oh yeah it's it's taking kind of the best of the shovel knights the dead cells of the world and um but but still staying true to that kind of simple control scheme aesthetic of the early castlevania games um 
Dope. Yeah, absolutely rules. Dope. Uh, and I think it's coming to Switch. Is on Switch. Hey, listen, I'm not the PR guy, but uh, Google it. You'll find out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not the PR guy. I only talk to him. I think I might have. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> is is the co-op mode called Do or Die? Like, they're from Quebec City, I think, so they Frenched it up. Oh, did is that... If he, if that is what they called it, they didn't tell me that, and now I'm disappointed because that's an excellent pun. <laughs> that's a great name. Uh, no, it 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 rules, thoroughly rules. Uh, I can't confirm, Bob. This is on the Switch, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series. It's all over the place, and and Windows. Uh, extra bonus points. They brought a couch to PAX, so if you wanted to play oh. it co-op, you literally had to sit on the couch Hell next year. Yeah. Uh, oh. Next year partner there. Uh, nice. Bravo, bravo. On a on a show floor with far too much walking, a couch comes in handy. That's good. <laughs> More comfy seating at PAX. That's what we need. Yeah. yeah, that was melatonin at PAX West. Melatonin yeah. had the best setup. It was just pure comfort. Yeah, it matters. Bob, round three, pick one. Well, that's right, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you got there first. Ryan. Ryan, can we get a snake out of you? What? <laughs> that is. You heard it. I'll go get the snake. You want proof? <laughs> don't, Put him on. Don't Let me ask some questions. <laughs> this is your draft, snake draft. Uh, <laughs> uh, start of round three. Um, I don't know if uh, any of you guys checked it out, because it's actually on the uh, board game side of things, the tabletop side of things. But I want to send a shout out to uh, the folks at Rabble Games, R-A-B-B-L-E. Um, they actually put out quite a few uh, board game, tabletop game, card game, um, all with a really beautiful aesthetic, very like underspoken, um, you know, really good graphic design, which is is relatively rare in the board game space, I will say. Uh, a lot of them go for the more bombastic stuff, but I was able to talk to the main... Uh, fellow over there george i believe um uh, did an interview with him he's a, such a passionate guy and he produced this game sparks which uh actually he emailed me about because it was it's relatively similar to like the style of my podcast where it's all these like kind of one step above icebreaker questions on cards that he was inspired cool. to make by the going out and um like sitting under the stars uh, going camping with friends and you just find yourself in these kind of like you know deep but not quite deep but it gets deep conversations uh as the night yeah those hiking conversations yeah there's just something about being in nature and talking with friends and maybe a little liquid courage and suddenly you know all this is is flowing out of you um so he made this game sparks which is all about these these you know deep questions about yourself um and he couldn't have been a nicer guy couldn't have been more passionate about his game and, and all the games upcoming and once we were done with the interview, um, I actually said, like, hey, legitimately, I want to buy this game. Like, this is a really cool thing. And it was it was available for purchase. And he goes, you know what? You wouldn't believe your odds. Right before you got here, one of my Kickstarter backers showed up as, like, a guest. And we, you know, we we talked for a little bit. And he bought two copies of the game and said, I don't want it. I already have it. 
give it to the next two people who stop by your booth. That's so nice. So I got a copy of this game, Sparks, absolutely free, uh, just out of the generosity of uh, the folks at PAX. So I, I, I believe I'm literally playing it next weekend. Uh, my friends and I are having a little get-together. Um, I, I couldn't be more excited about it. George couldn't be a nicer guy. The game is so up my alley. Uh, all those things combined just made for such a cool experience. Uh, Rabble Games, and the game is called Sparks. Do you have any sample questions that, like... Uh, yeah. So I know the one that's kind of on the back of the box was like, uh, what's something you know now that you didn't know 10 years ago? Uh, hey, Jacob, I have a question for you. <laughs> yeah, tell me. Uh, what's something you know now that you didn't know 10 years ago? Oh, that's good. That's good. Let me Add tell it to you. Your list. No, question. I'll give you an answer if you want it. Yeah, go for it. Everything's going to be okay. That's nice. I like that. I just recently, you know, uh, you know, we're going through exercises of like being kind to ourselves, or at mm. least I am. And, you know, that's something that I recently went through to say like, hey, you're doing okay. Be kind to yourself. So, there you go. Now I'm going to cry. Good... <laughs> that's a nice, really uh, emotional and thoughtful answer. And I appreciate that. Thank you. You and now. I think that you is... go now. You do the thing now. <laughs> I was just going to say video editing. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I, 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 but in all actuality, I think my answer was going to be the little the the little hobbies that you pick up on can actually become very impactful and can fill out your uh sort of your resume in ways that you never would have expected and i think that's important to learn younger is that you don't even necessarily need to have gone to college for something for it to be applicable elsewhere you know video editing again being a, a major one that like got me part of my job now and got me interviews that i've had in this industry and so that and that's I went to school for English and didn't start video editing until we went online as teachers. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's focused. You know, you can have your passion, you can have your hobby, and you can have your job. But those things often you can make work together, even if you still want to keep them separate. And that's perfectly acceptable, too. Ryan, what's yours? Uh, thing I knew ten years ago, or thing I know yeah. now that I didn't know ten years ago. Uh, this lovely group of friends oh, in the DraftBooks community, nice. like all these people, nice. Who are who, I, I talk to you guys like daily. You are yeah. <laughs> like they're my friends, absolutely. And thank God for video games because otherwise, who knows? That is, that has been something I also I know we're. Co completely derailing now but for, <laughs> yeah, for a very nice conversation based around uh third round pick one uh sparks by which studio uh rabble, rabble games, games. -E. rabble games yeah uh they have a, something that i realized a bunch recently too. too check them out please oh, really? yeah please press it's just the idea that like it's been like two or three years now that we've been uh had the draft funks community and people you talk to every day and i didn't even know them two or three years ago, but it's weird how friendships develop over time, you know? Yeah. Preston, we've gone river rafting together. <laughs> river <know>. tubing. <laughs> Bob, what's your answer? And then we'll move on from this. Video editing. 
<laughs> How Damn, to make I was all emotional, and you guys just blew me up. How to make callbacks. <laughs> all right. Ryan, uh, what is your pick for round three? Bob, I like going to board games. I think mm. I'm going to do the same thing, oh. which is going to put Preston in some shambles because we know we both only saw the same board game. Yeah, we only saw one, <laughs> and it was good. It was very good, so good that I immediately backed it. I, I, I texted my friends who would be my, my play partners like, hey, there's this board game I've seen it at the show. It's on a really steep sale. Uh, would you be down to play this when it comes out in like October? And they were both like, yes, that sounds like a lot of fun. So I immediately backed it. This is Salvage Deep Space. Um, so not Hell only yeah. does this two to four player skirmisher co-op board game set in space where you have mech suits uh, look really cool. The combat looked like a lot of fun. I have a few minis from the show. One of them just went flying into oblivion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just like the rings. Oh, uh, they're like these little cryptid buggy guys. buggy guys. Yeah, the minis look super cool. Um, but getting to talk with the dev team was just lovely. They were so nice and just so passionate about their product. It really shone through. They were a great crew over at 3301 Games. Uh, yeah, Salvage Deep Space. I can't wait. I'm going to hopefully try to get some recordings done uh, when I actually get that game in hand and... Uh, put some videos up for it. At the very least, I'm going to steal my two buddies and force them to sit in front of a mic and talk about it with me for a little while. Yeah. Very yeah, that team was super passionate. Very nice. Uh, but it has this kind of Deep Rock Galactic sort of setting, but instead of dwarves, your mechs and uh, the damage you can take may go to your mech systems and may go to you as the core of that mech. And if enough damage goes to you, then your character dies. And it's supposed to be played very much with legacy materials. So as you gain upgrades to your rolling, uh, you know, whenever you make an attack, you roll a dice. So as you gain upgrades to the dice that you roll, you're going to put a little sticker actually on the dice that represents whatever that upgrade is. And so hmm. that sort of tactile progression and being able to put your stickers on, rip the stickers off, you know, they said there was something like 100, 150 pilots, I believe. That, oh, yeah. Uh, Over 100 for sure. And they had a bunch of individual pilot cards. They're like, we expect them to die a lot. So we included right. a lot of pilot cards. And I love having a permadeath system. I was a big fan of Pandemic Legacy. And not many games have captured that well, uh, that, pan uh, that legacy style and systems. And this seems to do it really well. And it's currently still on kickstarter and i think yes, yeah they're, they're, they're gonna be late backers they said around packs unplugged time is when they're going to be wanting to ship out their first set and so it's still available to be kickstarted and backed yeah i want to that's where i think i might have saw this i didn't play it but yeah i saw it at packs unplugged and in uh in philly the yeah they were there at this last one yeah no this is an excellent excellent choice and they're gonna have more unique minis at PAX Unplugged. These uh, these little buggy dudes were specific for PAX East. They said there was one more for PAX Unplugged, and then uh, there's one more show. I think they said they had like three minis that were gonna Gen be Con? Unique shows. That were... Maybe yes. it was Gen Con. Yep. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Um. So if you're interested at all, try to get to the shows, get some uh, unique special stuff. Jacob, what's your third pick? Man, so you know I'd prepped video games. 
Um, <laughs> but I did play some board games oh. and purchased a board game that I played with one of the designers. So let's do that. Uh, I'm going to talk about a little board game called Mud. Uh, <laughs> had y'all heard about um, a game called Side Effects that came out a few years ago? No. Okay, so Side Effects is from Pillbox Games. Uh, they make games that are just easy to learn, and then just you 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 know play. You learn in three to five minutes, and then you can play for thirty. Um, so essentially, their first game, Side Effects, was about it was a card game where you had to just like cure a bunch of um, ailments that you would have. Um, whereas this next game is actually about the American election system, mm. and so it's a strategy game where you'll you have like different regions of the states, and your goal is to to collect um, three. Uh, sets of voters in a specific area of the United States. So it'll be like, I want to collect a million liberals uh, in the Midwest and then a million liberals in, uh, you know, central uh, or the center of the country, et cetera. I'm Canadian, sorry, places. Um, <laughs> but essentially, like, it's super easy to learn. We do have a center. And, uh, you, you have a center? There's a center of the country, right? So. Just nobody I've goes there. Been. It's flyover yeah, exactly. country, right? <laughs> they call yeah, it the cool, Midwest, cool, cool, cool. but it's the center. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you coastal elites, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it was like really easy to learn. I, I played it with Jade, who was one of the designers, and Travis, who's one of my co-hosts. And it was one of those games that like, you know, you would pick up and play. And not only was there the, you know, getting voters, but also there was like a scandal system. So you could essentially like sling mud towards your other players so and give them scandals. And what they did is they actually pulled from history weird scandals from political history, and those are on the cards. So super fun game to play. It's out now. And the coolest part was, you know, both Travis and I decided to buy a game. We're like, we're doing it, whatever, let's do it. And they did a thing where uh, if you wanted to take a chance, you could put your hand in a, in a pill container they had and pull out a chance to either get a dollar off your game, pay a dollar more for your game, <laughs> or in one out of a hundred cases, get a free game. So even gamifying, ca like, cashing out. Good. So, pillbox to, games. Mud. Did you have to pay, or do you... Uh, so, Travis and I both did it. Travis paid a dollar more, and I paid a dollar less. So. Oh, even now. That's nice. Yeah, nets out. It's almost <laughs> like they knew that was going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, did I... Uh, uh, Whenever you get one of these scandals, what's sort of the mechanic for, do you have to get rid of it? Do you have to like talk your way through it with the group or? Yeah. You... So, so essentially like there are different action cards that you can play that are like digging up uh, someone else's scandal or like suppressing a scandal of yours. Um, that's kind of some of the mechanics that, that help. Basically like if you, I don't exactly know how to explain it, but like if you try and, um, do something or steal from someone else that's when you get a scandal for example so it's really fair and you know you'll learn really quickly like what regions to stick to because you have to be either liberal or conservative across your entire board to win so it's it's one of those games where you're playing your board but you're also looking at other people's boards mm -hmm. and you'll get better the more and more you play i could even tell like oh i'm like this is a game i won't get good at until the fourth time i play it <laughs> how long are rounds uh, you know, they had said 20 to 40 minutes uh, are typically the, the round length. So something that can be pretty quick, two to six players. Um, it was fun. I recommend yep. it. It's out now. Mud. Yeah. Mud. I'm even, I'm Go even ones. looking up the, uh, the board game right now. Again, very good graphic design on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I do like one of the scandal cards I see is candidate yells weird during rally, lose 3 million Midwestern voters. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly the one. I have it right here, and even the box, like, it's got a rat oh, on it, and the good. art on the box is really good. It's like, 
old school, not old school, but it looks like the dollar bill. It's got that like uh, yeah, font on it. Texture so texture to it. Yeah, it, I think they just launched from their Kickstarter, so they're still selling Kickstarter copies. So you can find it on their website. Sweet. Nice. All right. My third pick for the evening is going to be meeting Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ryan and I were in the other media room, which seemed like overflow for the media room. We were just sitting there chatting it up. Just me and him. Uh, these two old guys kind of walk in. Uh, should they were older? They were older than us. Um, Immediate they, backtracking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll figure out why. Soon. Okay, but they they both walk in. They're talking uh, very casually. One of the guys notices my shirt. It's I'm wearing my Draft Punk's jersey, and so it's got like the stylized design of the logo and everything. And he's like, "Oh man, I love the vibes." Like. Draft punks. Have you ever heard of draft punk in uh, in Seattle? And sort of started talking to me up about some bar in Seattle. And then we just kind of started getting into food from various places and talking about the U.S. and where, like, I'm from Texas, so I can't find queso any good queso anywhere in the Northeast. It's just impossible. Yeah, it to does find not exist. Anything <laughs> very normal conversations and i i forget for whatever reason at some point uh i hand him my card and it's got a little media card and he's like oh cool yeah i'm jerry man i was like cool jerry uh, he's like yeah you know, <laughs> i founded pax it's <laughs> just like hold on <laughs> jerry holkins hold on <laughs> what <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh jerry, uh, jerry. Oh. <laughs> and it was the most casual drop it was so of, casual oh yeah i founded pax because he kept being like man yeah whenever you go out to pax west it gets real crazy out there and i was like yeah sure i guess like you know you must go out to pax west sure whatever <laughs> that guy's got... media he must know what he's talking about this jerry <laughs> fellow <laughs> uh, that was that was it Oh. Um, and he just, he just like, yeah, I found it packs and we, I really, I mean, I feel like we still kept it cool and I took it in stride and was very much like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. You know, I found it, you know, I, I didn't found, but like, I'm part of the one, so, you know, whatever, same thing, but we very much like, oh, cool. I don't want to geek out right now. We're having a normal conversation. Let's continue having this normal conversation. I will geek out as soon as you leave the room. But the, the whole time, he was very nice, very comfortable to talk to. We had no idea up until the point that he said it. And then even after saying it, it's not like he was being pompous about it or anything. He was just kind of chatting and just saying, oh, yeah. Uh, this other guy came in to do an interview, and that guy was kind of flustered and couldn't quite remember what his interview was four which is kind of weird <laughs> but again jerry just kind of took it all in stride and was like we'll figure something out man uh, i've got plenty of stuff i can talk about i've got this this that and the guy was like oh yeah i think it's that third one yeah i think that's it like oh cool yeah let's go and then uh, i felt kind of bad because we were being very loud during the interview uh so i apologize to both jerry and the man who interviewed him <laughs> but um i don't know it was yeah. a cool interaction and it felt you know, it was 
sur a big surprise for us and it was completely unscripted in any way right and so it was uh, it was neat and it again it sort of reaffirmed i think a conversation that we may have later on about pax in that it is just a cool place for people that love games to hang out and there's very little in terms of what keeps um the player from someone higher up someone that is uh you know representing a game representing packs representing a panel a podcast whatever we're all there to share the one you know hobby of games whether that's tabletop or video games and that is what that felt like that kind of embodied that whole passion around games it was neat I'm like, who's this Jerry guy? And then yeah. I'm like, you just met a random guy, Jerry? And then, no, it's, you met, okay, cool, yeah, uh-huh, you met Tycho, great, cool, cool, cool. And I will say, he put the business card in his wallet. <laughs> so, which that wallet was absolutely <laughs> packed. <laughs> so it's, it is probably melted together in with five other business cards at this point. But uh, it's George in there. A wallet, eh? Huh? A George Costanza wallet, eh? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, just, yeah. it was huge. Uh, yeah, that, that was our media room moment that felt really, uh, just really cool. That is so incredibly cool. What badge color did he have? Was it like gold? He didn't have a badge on. <gasps> oh! Yeah, I didn't need one. Flex. And, which is exactly why I just assumed, you know? It was just a holographic <laughs> Charizard. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had no idea. But my fourth round pick is going to Sorry, be... Sorry, Preston. Preston. Huh? We can't just start round four here. Everybody. All right. <laughs> Preston, Home seek. is yours, please. <laughs> Home seek. And what it is is it's a sitting building strategy game that is set in a post-apocalypse after the world runs out of water. And so you have wars that occur, you know, to fight for the water. And then the whole main mechanic of the game is finding potable water or creating potable water by establishing um, like water pumps and then connecting those water pumps to different things. He kept likening it to Frostpunk in a way that is more uh directly narrative uh narrative focused not that frostmonk isn't but it has a heavy focus on narrative and everything is structured in eight different uh episodes basically that are all still you know coming out all at once but the episodic format sort of keeps pushing you along and you keep learning uh bigger wider chunks of the game as you move through episodes what we saw was it's you lose uh, what should i say you don't have to deal with a lot of like the micro management that you would normally do in a city sim or anything like that it's very macro level where you're just connecting and you're worrying about your resources and where your workers go back and forth but that's about the extent of the micro management is where your workers are allocated what's neat about it is that everything happens in real time so if you say your worker you house your worker on the east side of the map and they are allocated to a pump way over on the west side they have to walk all the way there and back 
as part of their shift. And so you lose efficiency by where you place them on the map and how far they have to walk. Uh, and so it's all about making sure that you can make the most efficient city with the space that you have. And then you're also sending them out on excursions and exploration. It's a cool game, but really what was so great about it was Mike uh, and being able to speak with the developer that was just so sincerely excited and passionate and wanted to kind of like, he would have kept us planted there for two hours playing his game. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like he really just uh, was able to kind of get into the minutia and sort of the details of his game in a way that was really interesting and built out Homeseek for me as a more interesting game than maybe it probably would have had I not had him there backing me up um, and walking me through it. It was a cool experience. Again, it just felt lovely and felt really nice. And I want to do <laughs> anything I can to protect that man and support him. Uh, Mike is a lovely person who should get all the support. But yeah, that's Homeseek by Traptix. Jacob, what's your fourth? Oh, there's too many good things to bring up, but I think where I'm going to focus is on a little title from TikTok Games. Uh, uh, this is Wrestle Story. Oh, shambles. So yep. everyone <laughs> got excited. Did I steal picks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you got all three of us a little bit. Oh, yeah. It was on my list. <laughs> okay, well, we can all do this together. There were two competing wrestling games on the floor. There yes. was WrestleQuest, mm -hmm. which has been in development for a long time, that has licensed wrestlers, that is going to be a 40-hour RPG epic when it's done, I think this year. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on that. Mm -hmm. It's on Steam. You can wishlist it. Do that, because it actually matters to developers. Come to find yes. out. Yep. Um, Wrestle Story reminded me a lot of Costume Quest. If you've played that Double Fine game, it is like a self-contained Halloween kind of game. This is the wrestling version of that, where you create your own character, you gather your wrestling posse. It's got that active, you know, that ATB battle system, that you know, Paper Mario battle system, and you take down different baddies in like different wrestling lands. And it just felt super fun, even in the little demo that we played, the vertical slice we played. I'm like, oh, the writing in this is going to be fun. And mm -hmm. I'm going to enjoy seeing all the different wrestling uh, stereotypes that come out. No licensed wrestlers, but I don't think it matters here. Uh, um, yeah. Everyone here played it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. What'd you think? Very excited. Uh, it, was, it was our first game. This was definitely on my short list, Jacob. Uh, this was the first game we had an appointment for, nice. so like Preston and I are like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so we're like coming up and we're chatting with uh, Steve, uh, the the guy who was uh, running Korean the demo director. for us that day, and um, we just get talking about life before we have the demo on, and it turns out he's also from Connecticut, and we just start bonding about that, and he tells us about how he turned the whole studio into wrestling fans, and then convinced them to make the wrestling game. He You're in Vince's backyard. Make. You have to do yeah. it. <laughs> have to do it. Um, and I, yeah, I'm really excited. I was immediately won over by the writing and like the opening lines and they're like this new wrestler straight out of Jobberville. And I'm like, all right, that's, I'm in. That's all. I <laughs> yeah. That's something. Jacob, are you a wrestling fan? Yes, I am. Yes. I'm that's... going to AEW forbidden door in like, Ooh. you know, two months from now. So Lucky. But this is not a wrestling podcast. I promise. Not yet. Well, see, I, we can, we can we turn, can it, into turn it into one very quickly. <laughs> I'm the odd man out here. And so like WrestleQuest for me is like interesting 
but I don't have that history. I have none of that touch to kind of like connect with. And so while I know the big names from the nineties, basically that's about it. Um, and so Russell story being a lot more accessible in terms of just being its own video game with wrestling themes rather than connections to the history. To me, I I'm far more on board here because it does seem like I can just jump right in and appreciate it for what it is without having to have some huge catalog uh, of knowledge behind, you know, supporting me. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's an excellent point because yeah, that's that's kind of WrestleQuest uh, kind of claim to fame. It's like oh, we got the Road Warriors and we have you know a bunch of these more old school wrestlers who, for some people, that means a lot, and for other people, it's just like. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's in the game. Do you care? Slap nuts? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I got to talk to Steve as well for Wrestle Story. Love it. We got to bond about old school RPGs. Uh, <laughs> um, and apparently I, I saw uh, the day after I had left, I guess on Saturday, um, Xavier Woods from WWE, who runs yeah. their Up, Up, Down, Down, their gaming channel, went and demoed the game and shared it on Twitter and talked about it. So they're getting a lot of really good publicity um, about the game. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super psyched for them. They couldn't, you know, they seem like a, a group of fantastic people there and their game is, is from the slice I played super duper fun. So uh, I, I'm very, very psyched for that. And they've got a couple games actually that they're working on right now. I played writer's block at mm. PAX West, which is another, it's like a boggle, uh, Slay the Spire hybrid. Oh. And that game seemed dope too. And I know that they're working on one other game as well. Oh, they're working on Rift of the Necrodancer, which was also on the oh, floor. Right. So, like, they're just working on banger after banger. Yeah. Seamus style. I, I always yeah. forget that that's like also TikTok. Like, it's not. Uh, or is that. It's, well, it it's be Brace Yourself and TikTok. Right, right, right. right. Uh, not the app. Not TikTok. Yeah, not the TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. C's, yeah. not K's. Like a clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was whenever we were doing our video, it was kind of like, okay, it's TikTok, not TikTok, and it's Wrestle Story, not Wrestle Quest. Uh, we need to make a couple things. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Ryan, with Wrestle Story out of the way, does that clear you up for any other pick? It does make some decisions a little bit easier. This this pick, I was pretty solidified on what I was taking, but next round, you made it a little bit easier, Jacob. And, uh, we got to talk about Wrestle Story, which was really why I wanted to draft it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, props. Um, what I want to talk about, I can't believe I, I kind of forgot about this story, thinking about other things uh, until the fourth round. Uh, Pr- Preston, we got a, a box of Tim Tams when we went to go play <laughs> Go Go Town, uh, which is being made by a Queensland dev. Uh, it's this fun little like Animal Crossing slash uh, Stardew Valley little city builder thing that looks very cute. But I'm walking around the rest of the show after that with just a package of Tim Tams sticking out of my backpack. When While we're waiting in line for a Corgi's cozy hike, I feel a tap on my shoulder, and I turn around, uh, and you know, there were masks at the show. It's the fracas of the floor, so I'm not like paying that much attention. Uh, a, a, a lady asked if she could have one of the Tim Tams. It would mean a lot. So, of course, we obliged. Uh, and as I hand her the Tim Tams, uh, I hear the Australian accent. Like, okay, I understand why this like this means something a little bit extra to you. Uh, and we get the package back, and like two minutes later, we're walking around the show floor, and Preston says, "That was Alana Pierce, you know that, right?" And I was like, "What the? Preston <laughs> <laughs> told me that." In- <laughs> I love that. 
<laughs> it was just again just a complete what is with your luck <laughs> yes. the two of them just stumbling into celebrities like far and wide uh it was so funny <laughs> but it goes to your point about like there being no barriers between like right. normies like us and people with prominence <laughs> and no offense to no, y'all you're lovely but yeah she was very clearly in a hurry and i think a lot of it was like Please, God, I hope they don't recognize me and try to stop stop me and have a conversation. <laughs> uh, not that I think that she would have been above stopping and having a conversation. She's probably just very busy. Yeah. But uh, so it was like a, can I have a Tim Tam, please? Okay, give me the Tim Tam. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like gone. So I can see how Ryan completely spaced on uh, the fact. But I have yeah, to go yeah, write God of War the, 3. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a weird interaction. I have to go <laughs> punch sad. someone in the face soon. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's doing that creator brawl thing, whatever that's called. Yeah. What? She's well, boxing. She's... Creator boxing. Creator oh, boxing. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Just a fun, weird Yeah, what a wild time, Paxis. <laughs> <laughs> always have a bag of, always have a box of Tim Tams in your bag yeah. is right, the lesson right. here, that's... just in case. <laughs> uh bob oh no don't make me choose don't two. make me choose um do i choose. get two in a row here is that you how do, this works bob. yes that's oh, how this works no. you see bob it's a snake draft <laughs> <laughs> go ahead got him run it back here. uh all right i'm gonna go with a game called Every day we fight. Yes. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, this actually was my last. Ooh. Oh, was it really? Nice. Uh, that would have been my last pick for sure. Um, I had a very long demo with the game. I think I played it for about forty minutes, which was great. And then I got to talk to one of the developers, whose whose name escapes me right now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a super fun. It's basically the the best way to describe it is like an XCOM style game, um, strategy game. But instead of it being turn-based, it's more uh, action AP points-based. So let's say you have 10 mm -hmm. AP points, takes five to fire a shotgun, two to fire a pistol, one to move here, one to take cover. So you can do as much as your points will allow you. Um, and instead of it being actively grid-based, it's a little more freeform where you could walk around and... Um, uh, you know, you, you, you have a certain amount of uh, free movement there, uh, especially before the battle starts. You can move however you'd like or move your folks all around however you like. Uh, but the really interesting thing about it is as soon as battle starts, uh, even after the action points and all that in the XCOM style, you choose, hey, I'm going to shoot this opponent. It doesn't give you a percentage. It doesn't uh, give you a mysterious like, oh, 99% it's going to hit. Wink. But, you know, it's probably going to miss in that XCOM style. It actually zooms into an over-the-shoulder third-person shooter anytime you want to shoot, um, which is super cool. Uh, so if you have a pistol out, you get about five shots with the pistol, and if you want to aim for the head and go for those extra critical shots, you can. Just know that they're on the move and that you might miss. Uh, or you, if you have a sniper rifle out, you can use an extra action point to put on that slow-mo bullet time breathing sniper elite style shot um cool. and you know really really make it count um it was super super cool um still has a lot of bugs to work out uh to be fair uh even when i was playing it 
Um, I ran into a couple little issues there, but all things that are absolutely fixable, so I have no doubt uh, it will before the final version came out. And even talking to the main, uh, one of the main developers there, who again, name escapes me, I'm sorry, but uh, he said he was um, uh, also working on, before this, uh, Gears 5, I believe? And then he left okay. that and started working <laughs> yeah. on this. So if that tells you anything about the shooting and the cover and the third person shooting aspect of it, like it, it has a little bit of that feel to it, that visceral, um, you know, shooting aspect to it. Um, really, really fun in, in concept and really, really fun in execution. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to check this out when it actually releases, which maybe is later this year. Uh, I think they said don't quote them yeah, on that, I but think maybe early access at some point later this yeah, year. Yeah, something their... something along those lines. So uh, every day we fight. Uh, definitely worth um, definitely worth uh, wish listing there. Jacob, did you get to check that one out? No, but one of my colleagues, uh, Katie, who does the podcast, uh, she checked it out and she very much explained it this way. And all I can think of, if you remember, uh, Codename Steam on 3DS, oh, yeah. made by Intelligent Systems. Mm. That's not a great game, but like, that's the vibe I think it was kind of going for. No, there's a good one. Uh, there's a little bit of that sort of like uh, takeaway that I had, where I am in love with the concept and in love with the overall idea. Uh, not so in love with the execution of it all so far. You know, they still have so much time to work on it. Uh-huh. I also kept calling it a completely different name every single time we talked about it all weekend. <laughs> Because every day we fight, for some reason, was not landing with me. So it was just like the things we carried. Why I wake up. Uh, You're walking around being like, have you played everything everywhere all at once? Great game. (laughs) Oh, this is your every night I sleep. I don't. uh, Now that you mentioned it, I do. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Bob, what is your. Wait. Sorry, Bob. We Yeah. One, I'm going to put a note in there to add a rattlesnake noise. <laughs> add an actual rattlesnake noise. 133. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Bob, start us off <sighs> for the final That's round. so tough. I have so many uh, honorable mentions, but uh, I think the one I'm going to go with here, just because it covers a lot of bases, is... Pins! Pins! So many pins! I said that was illegal. You tell me a single pin. Nope. <laughs> ah! You can't stop me. I can't be stopped. Um yeah, I I was I have a massive pin collection. Uh enamel buttons, lapel pins of all sorts, and uh any packs, any Comic Con, any anime con of any sort that I've ever attended. It's just pin heaven. It's just, you go through and you find even obscure ones, stuff you know, stuff you don't know. Uh, it's 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 delightful. So just some choice ones here, even though this is not a video podcast. Um, the main character of, uh, what's the name of this? Rightfully Barry Rightfully Arms. Rightfully Barry Arms. Thank you very much. Yes. So I talked to the devs on and they described the full game and I was like, whoa, 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 fellas. We're Barry in the lead. You have a bear in a spacesuit. <laughs> That's all you need to describe this game as, and you have a hundred uh, wish lists on Steam already. Um, we have uh, a lich from D and D sipping tea, uh, which I very much oh, enjoy. 
Um, this one is from actually another game from a Backpack Hero. Uh, one of the uh, main adventures there, a little pixel frog. Uh, Backpack Hero being the game that's essentially uh, the RE4 inventory system uh, as an entire game. Uh, it's just based around that backpack system. So you go into fights, you get, you know, five items, but you can only fit three in your bag, and you have to sort it, and as you level up, you increase the size of your bag, and you get items that will say, like, oh, uh, your adjoining weapons next to this in your bag will gain plus two damage. So now it matters how you lay them out to maximize the amount of damage done. Really cool. It's in early access now. It looks super cool. I, I, I played that Backpacking. as well. It's uh, yeah. quite a bit of fun. Uh, some owls with swords, because why not? That's just super cute. Um, a beholder from D&D, but all their hearts are eyes. Um, oh, they're... Oh my god. They're all their eyes or hearts. Um <laughs> and then my favorite one, which is just an octopus with samurai swords. <laughs> Cause that's so cool. Um yeah, I I got an abundance. An abundance of pins. You're gonna have to take a picture of at least all of the ones that you brought up just now. Theater so of the can... mind. Theater no, of the mind, yeah. Preston. <laughs> I didn't but we can at least wait about these. It. These people think I bought pins. I didn't buy a single one. We're just making this up for the show, man. <laughs> oh, you just rattled some coins. Yeah, around just... ASMR, man. You, just, you know. No, I'll, I'll uh, take a photo. I think that's one of the weirdest parts of PAX to me is the pin economy and like, yeah, the, the way... arcade baby. Yeah, yeah, and like, but the way that like you'll have um, the pin jacket guy i'm sure he's a very nice guy and uh I, I don't know what his name is but he has a jacket that is just covered in pins it's like a full duster that is completely covered in pins and at pax west at the end of the night one night he just had it on the ground laid out another guy walks up with a binder full of pins and they're just going through and trading and what it was is like the guy with the the jacket had like four of the same pin and so he was like, okay, I'll give you two of these and you give me one of those. And like, it was this, it was specifically a trading economy that was built all around the pins that are available. Um, Jacob, I don't know if you were there early enough. There was a Zelda pin that was being given. Yeah, away that and there was like a Pokemon pin as well that like people were super excited yeah. for in the Pokemon TCG area. I think it was Fue Coco maybe. <gasps> there was a Fue Coco My pin. Coco? Wow. Yeah, it was one, it was one of the new starters oh. they were giving those pins away, and uh, yeah. people were excited because they're the official like Penny Arcade yeah. are ones that are like aff nice. affiliated with your friend Jerry. <laughs> Good friend, uh, yeah. Jerry yeah. would have started that. <laughs> I should have yes. asked him to hold one for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that that has been a thing for like ten years. Uh, but it's I'm just shocked every packs that it's still a thing because yeah. arguably like, and I don't mean to like you know talk ill of your friend jerry but like <laughs> penny arcade is not at the level of prominence it was Agreed. i think that's just yeah, fair to true. say um but penny arcade is still a big thing yeah i i honestly forget that pax is put on by penny arcade more regularly because it's not anymore because it's read pop mm. oh that's true that's true. true but it's associated yes uh, but yeah the uh yeah, the pin economy is nutty. And so next time, Bob, you go, get yourself a duster, buddy. 
Put some pins on there. Start trading. So they call me Revolver Pins a lot. I have so many. <laughs> Walking up and the... what are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, yeah, we I can right. buy a Sprigatito pin for forty dollars on eBay. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, okay. Oh, no, what? Yeah. It wasn't Fuego. It was Sprigatito. What wormhole have you opened here, Jacob? Of all these pins that I missed uh, out. Uh, on. Sorry. Don't Google well, Pinny Arcade. Don't do, don't do it. Don't do it. Yep. Oh, there's the Zelda one. Mm. Yeah. Ryan, <laughs> let's move away from the pins. Hurry before Bob gets lost. Uh, I'm going back to video games for my fifth round pick. This is a game that is already out in early access. I've already played like 10 or 15 hours of in early access. I'm, I'm really digging it. Uh, this is Death Roads Tournament. Uh, this is a card-based roguelite uh, in a Mad Max-esque world. In my mind, I've been calling it Slay the Tire uh, because... <laughs> Good. Uh, because good. you have different starting cars and different drivers so it's all about you know getting weapons to be able to attack in front of you on the side of you behind you in different aoe patterns you know you have spike strips that drop and will across all five lanes but only hit one or two spaces behind you or you could get like a crane attachment on the back that attacks in like a t pattern or you could get the lasers that attack three lines back or there's all sorts of different things C cars have obviously different health ratings different defenses different handling everything is done based on handling cards cost handling to use when you run out of handling you go into a skid which there's this separate skid deck that throws you into random maneuvers around the map you skid a number of times based on what gear you're in when you skid so if you're really high up in fifth gear you're gonna pull five random cards that could throw you into a wall and damage you 20 health damage and just really mess you up or you could get really lucky and just bash into your opponent four or five more times on a skid. There's there's one build, and this was the first build I tried at the show, that's based entirely around bashing and losing your handling. Like, one of the driver's cards does 99 damage to your handling, so you always drop to zero handling. So the whole idea is to get your gear as high up as you can every turn, get in the middle of some enemies, and then drain your handling and pray for good skids. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I've unlocked two more. I've beaten two of the mini bosses. I haven't made it all the way to the end of a run yet. It is on the stiff side challenge wise, but man, when it, when you nail the combination of maneuvering and attacking just right and can wipe out a screen in, in one, two rounds. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah. The level of polish that they made between West and East is, uh, pretty incredible. And I think they were being, mm. Uh, very modest about it, and I also didn't want to push the point of just like, no, but West, it was not good. Now it's good. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to really like hammer that home, but it was uh, surprising how much sort of, I don't know, that's like, what, five months of uh, dev time, of course, and so they were able to put a lot into it, and it feels like it's ready to go. Like, they have so much more that they were talking about adding, and I'm really excited for the future of that game, because they have a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, in the works for early access to where it doesn't feel like it's they're putting it out and it's just going to be kind of like left out on the vine. Uh, they're really, really going to be supporting this for a long time. So yeah. it's good. Jacob, your final pick of the Draft Punks. This is so hard. This is so hard. I shouldn't have blown my one of my picks on flower, man. Holy moly. <laughs> I regret it now. You know what? One or two of these are out. Actually, I have four choices, 
and three of them are out in April. So I'm going to pick the one that's out in June. Uh, let's talk about Goodbye Volcano High. Ooh, I'm hearing a lot of buzz okay. about this game. I'm excited to talk to you about yeah. this. Okay, go. Okay, how much do we know about Goodbye Volcano High? Well, me personally, not that. Uh, I'll say. Okay. Did that, did y'all play like We Are OFK? I did not. I did not. Okay. Have you played Life is Strange? Yes. Okay. So it is Life is Strange. I don't mean to like put it in a box, but it is like it is an adventure game, but it's really based around music. You play as like uh, dinosaur esque high school students who the game starts, and this isn't a spoiler. This is in the first like two minutes. You find out that it is the last year before a meteor crashes on the earth and kills everyone. Mm -hmm. And so it's your last year of high school. You don't know this going in, but like it's the last year you're going to high school. You're a senior and you're just trying to figure out like how to live your life. You're in a band. You want your music to succeed and stuff. Yeah. You got dreams, (laughs) got dreams. And your dream is to win the battle of the band. And so it's an adventure game. It's a talkie game, but like it's angsty and it's queer and it's like, Soup. It seems like super. The music seems super good, and you know the the team at co-op, because uh, it kind of was announced uh, years ago. Like I want to say at the start of the pandemic, then it went quiet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they kind of they didn't start over, but they kind of started from scratch in a lot of respects. And so it's out in June. From what I played, I'm like, if you liked any of the games I mentioned, Life is Strange, We Are OFK, you're gonna love this. Except it's got an indie vibe. If you played We Are OFK, it was electronic. Mm-hmm. This is indie music. Like, if you like the beaches, you're going to love the music in this. It's amazing. Um, it's great. Did anyone else play it here? Sorry, I was talking for so long. No, no, no. You're good. I, 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 the music is amazing. Like, that yeah. the, That opening song, and then, like, you, it's kind of got a rhythm game that I couldn't quite figure out exactly how that yep. worked, um, but the, that goes along with it. And then you play out, like, a good minute and a half of the song during this rhythm mm-hmm. game, and it's just excellent. Mm-hmm. And it's this very comfortable airy sort of sound I, I loved it yeah and it's voiced by the main character is lachlan watson who they're in uh, the chilling adventures of sabrina on netflix mm. and so oh. like the voice talent's pretty great too earlier whenever i was talking about shumi come home i said that it has that gen z sort of conversation and uh slang throughout yep this actually it feels like teenagers talking but it doesn't use any sort of gen z slang it does mm-hmm. not rely on being modern contemporary youthful it's just feels youthful it's timelessly youthful and it works so well like they nailed angsty conversation like you mm-hmm. were saying and it's just like this frustration where at one point you as the main character are getting hyped for the battle of the bands and your friends are kind of like worried about their own things as you know teenagers are gonna be one of them um is oh my gosh uh, one of them is like flunking um the other one just got back from a etymology camp and is super stoked to like just talk about bugs and mm-hmm. they just kind of have their own passions now mm-hmm. whereas you as a character are have been like working all summer on building out a song yep. and you want to show it off and they're just kind of like this doesn't really feel like our music that whole conversation feels so honest in this like fear of showing something you made to your friends and wondering what their feedback is going to be. And you have options throughout these options don't necessarily change the conversation in any super meaningful way. You're still going to end up at the same point as far as I could tell. Mm -hmm. Of course we didn't get to really 
um, see how it would branch out. But it felt like I was still choosing my honest reaction in this moment. Like there was enough uh, difference in the reactions that it felt honest. Writing things is hard. Yes. For a game like Life is Strange, the first one, which I love a lot, it still at times feels like a French studio that tried to write America and just watch the OC and nothing else, (laughs) where this feels like legit. Yeah. And I love the, just the premise of this game, like teenagers in high school in a rock band who think like, if we don't win the battle of the bands, the world is going to end. And then in this case, they're dinosaurs and a meteor is coming. So the world is actually ending. Like that is ultimate teenage angst, like boiled down to a concept. It's that's very, very smart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's out on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, PC in June. So love it. Yeah, right around the corner. And I think whenever they first showed it off at a PlayStation State of Play, just as a quick trailer, immediately, I feel like there was a lot of weight and pressure and excitement around because of the beautiful art style. Yeah, Everyone was just, I need to know more. And it seems like they're living up to that um, from what I understood what the game would be and what we got to play. Yeah, like especially I, given the tumultuous like development that they've had. Yeah. There's some other stuff that has happened that like, just Google it. It's awful. Um, mm. But I'm glad that the game's coming out. They, they did Gnog before that. So, like, they put out things okay. with a bar of quality. So, I'm excited. Yeah. The Goodbye Volcano High penultimate pick. My pick. Last pick of... <laughs> All right. <Stop>. Uh, <laughs> I have written down here. Uh, this is it's a lot more general than it sounds. Uh, I have hanging with Bob for beers, Mm. but really, (laughs) really, it comes down to spending time with my friends and hanging out and just having beers with people that you never get to see. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) That's too heartfelt. I couldn't let you actually get away with that. That's, That's very nice. (laughs) <laughs> it was again like Ryan was saying earlier, we're all online friends and we all are like part of these various communities. And of course, Draft Punks being a specific one that we've kind of met through. Uh, but being able to meet up and just go out and have some beers, and it's not like you know, it doesn't feel like a big thing. It feels like old friends meeting up who have known each other for a while already. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like this awkward sort of getting to know each other or anything. And it just was fun. It was really, really cool to be able to see everyone hang out. And Jacob, next year, we're getting that beer because we missed <laughs> yeah. it out of West and we missed it in East. Yeah. Just one? I, I'm just avoiding you. It's that, That's really the answer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Saw it. Kept seeing us at the different bars. I was like, oh, oh no. yeah, great. Okay, bye. <laughs> How do you keep seeing Jacob, yeah. can I join you in avoiding Preston next year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's get a beer and avoid them together. All right, going to cross off friends with beer, beers with friends. Hey, we uh, closed down that hotel bar. I mean, we, we, we really stayed did. there till they shut down. Uh, yeah. No, that I, I got it. For better I gotta echo, I got to echo your sentiments. It was so much It was so much fun. We literally just hung out for like, I don't know, three hours after the last panel and just drank yeah. outside and just told stories and then. I drunkenly stumbled up to my hotel room and ordered way too much Chinese food at like 11.30 p.m. <laughs> while watching Shark Tank <laughs> because that's... That sounds ideal. That's, that's okay, packs, so baby. <laughs> we were in such a rush to get to that panel 
that we only had apps at the bar that we went to before the panel. So then we didn't eat at all Nothing. until the very end of the night. Ryan and I go home. We Uber Eats a pizza. And it is one of the worst pizzas <laughs> I've ever had in my life. It was so not like it did not satisfy that late night craving in any way. I was so disappointed. Um, but yeah, Jacob, I mean, again, and you, like you were saying earlier, it's sort of like a bunch of friends coming together. I mean, just the panel, uh, both panels that you hosted, it is seems like good friends that have been working together and collaborating for so long. And of course, that's spread out all over the U.S., so sure is the same, right? Uh, well, yeah, there are some folks on that panel that I'd never met before in my life. Like I, I, I cold emailed Janet Garcia because I'm like, I'm a fan of your work. Can you want to do the GameCube thing? And she was like very cordial and was like, yeah, of course. Um, but beyond that, like uh, Flora, who was on the video game trivia panel, Flora and I have been talking online for like the better part of, I want to say three or four years now, and I'd never met her in real life. So it was that weird thing, and I'm sure y'all have this too, where it's like seeing someone's human body for the first time is like weird. Yeah. I'm like, are you tall? Are you small? Are you short? <laughs> like, but then after that, you just fall into like, oh yeah, we're just having a Discord conversation again. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was that was the friends. The friends you meet along the way is like one of the best parts of PAX. Um, and it, yeah. I felt like everyone does come together as a community to just share in on the love and so anyone that you happen to just chat it up with while you were there or have a beer near and you start talking about the things you've seen at PAX everyone is just like super excited to talk yeah I, I remember like and, and my friend Travis will tell you this like I used to be the guy who in the lines for panels would just talk to the person in front of me and he'd be like how do you do that I'm like because everyone here's a nerd and you can say words and find something you have in common <laughs> yeah uh, also, shout out Teriyaki House uh, in Boston. Excellent <laughs> chicken wings, excellent salt, pepper, shrimp, and they deliver late. Uh, I woke up. <laughs> I woke up with shrimp lo mein on my nightstand, and I don't remember ordering it. So, <laughs> <laughs> a successful pack. It was a night. It was a night. Well, that is our draft for the evening. I think one of the main things that we do need to do first. Oh. Before we get into it, you okay? Yeah, All right. Cabinets. Okay. Cabinets, man. They come out of nowhere. Um, my wife had a cabinet fall on her while we were recording our other podcast the other night. Uh, yeah. And so. <laughs> not a joke. It was, it was not, just. No, not a joke. <laughs> but, okay. Let's go through. I think uh, we'll do honorable mentions first. Okay. Ryan, okay. start us off. What are your honorable mentions? Let's run through them with minor be gone beast that's a good one left for dead yeah, meets mario party in a four-player co-op spooky like it was very fun mm. I, i'm very excited to play that game there there talks about asymmetrical difficulty so that parents can play with kids and everyone can have a challenge that feels acceptable uh is very attractive but even i think just playing with friends it looks like a very good time our demo time was uh very good and uh, there's a there's already a video on the DraftPunks YouTube of us interviewing the developers. Yeah, buddy. Immigration right there. You're welcome. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> I was going to ask you the name, but I'll just go on that DraftPunks YouTube channel. Tan Demi. <laughs> uh, Castle of Alchemists that I got to play while you were over playing Goodbye Volcano High. It's a Dwarf Fortress-like, a part tower defense, part hero battling, top-down 2D 
uh, space. It was very fun. I played the demo uh, an hour or two at home. I, I, I'm looking forward to that game being a fun, uh, just fill time. It's not going to be something I sink probably 40 hours into in a sitting, but it, it'll be good for those times where you have an hour or two, or you know, you're just kind of in between games. Um, Brian would be upset with us if we didn't mention Arcadian Atlas was there and it was good. Yep. Um, and yep. <laughs> but it's not. It wasn't good for Preston because he lost immediately. <laughs> very very early in the demo uh and this would have been an honorable mention just for me but i got to go to dinner with uh steve on the discord he's a good buddy of mine lives in the boston area we went to fire and ice it was wild i don't know if you guys have ever heard of this place but it's a raw buffet basically like you get a bowl and you pick up a bunch of raw meats and then stand around this round grill where eight chefs are just cooking everybody's things one right next to each other Dope. it was yeah. super cool it was a super cool experience and it was like all things considered, not that expensive. I had a couple drinks in the dinner. It was like 40-something bucks. It was like not that expensive, all things considered. Uh, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Bob. Uh, well, I got 30XX, uh, Mega mm. Man style. Yeah. Uh, described as a roguelike. I feel like anything's a roguelite at this point, so I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, it's it, it's more Mega Man. It's Mega Man without using the name Mega Man. It's fantastic. Sequel to 20XX, which uh, is already out there, so... Uh, definitely check that out. Also, when I walked by, there was um, uh, a man in full Mega Man cosplay playing the 30XX demo. Yep. We got <laughs> oh, you... him too. <laughs> Which yeah. was like, I just wanted to tap him on the shoulder and be like, very on brand. Nicely done. <laughs> yeah. Which their big thing that they were showing off, by the way, was a creator mode, much like Mario Maker, oh, but for Mega Man games. Right. And so it's a whole new addition update they're adding soon. So that's pretty cool for it. If you like Mega Man. Very cool. Yeah, I talked to the music director of the game, so I was like, okay, what's your favorite Mega Man songs then? Like, <laughs> prove to me you know music. And he was like, oh, done, done, done. And started rattling them off, and I was like, all right, now we can bond. I like this. Um, uh, oh, uh, what was another one? Uh, ODR Hockey Heroes. Uh, just a, kind of the best parts of, uh, like, NHL 94 mixed with, like, NFL Blitz. Just, like, a beat-em-up like cartoonish hockey game uh where you could just like fighting mini games beat em ups and you know your goalkeeper's like 400 pounds and jacked and muscled to the sky and like everyone else on the team is like you know a 90 year old granny like it's just super super cartoonish and in a what's fun that way. called odr hockey heroes i've okay. been told there were like three hockey games on the floor this yeah. year yeah so... very well represented Treewood studios i got a sticker um my other um, honorable mentions was the PAX East uh, Tinder panel with uh, Janet Garcia, Kenneth Shepard. I think it's up on the Normandy FM podcast feed if you want to check it out. Uh, they basically uh, played rounds of Tinder with uh, video game characters, and it was an absolute hoot. Uh, so, so funny. And uh, the last one I had for honorable mentions, and I got to remember the name of the place, uh, MJ O'Connors and how they pour their whiskey shots. Uh, cause that was like a triple shot at best. Uh, <laughs> uh, so shout outs yeah. to the bartenders over there, but, uh, Jacob, I'll just do three really quick. Uh, the first is called night in the attic. Uh, it is a VR game from mighty yell. Their first game was the big con. Uh, imagine mm. the concept of like a labyrinth game, that little marble where you like try and get it through the holes, but like the right hole, not the wrong hole. You know, you know the issue. Don't don't go in the wrong hole. I don't. Um, I don't know what we're doing <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's it takes that labyrinth 
like uh, game and turns it into your princess is the ball and you have to make your way through a bunch of like different uh, environments. But also beyond that, in the attic, which is not in the at- labyrinth puzzle, there's also like meta narrative stuff happening in the attic as well. So I'm not usually a VR guy, but this game was was cool and I, I love the guys over at Mighty Yell. So they're Canadian, so I had to just shout them out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a night in the attic. It's literally out in like ten days. So it is that night. N i g h t. That is K n g h t. Okay. Uh, Slay the princess from Black Tabby Games. That uh, I kept seeing things about. I'm hearing so a lot about it. Yeah. It. Yeah. So it's a dev team. Uh, Abby Howard, who was actually part of Penny Arcade's strip search back in the day, which is like their show to find the next big comic artist. Uh, I think she was runner up for that show. But it's hand drawn with pencil and then scanned in, and it is an adventure game that may have like stanley parable ish vibes uh, i don't want to say more there's a demo on steam you should definitely try it it okay. was like one of the favorite things i played and then finally the last one is varney lake uh varney lake uh chorus worldwide uh they have great taste they find like the craziest stuff usually from asia that just is is cool and fun and varney lake is like old school adventure game like think dos style adventure game but uh about potentially kids uh, and there's maybe vampires as well. This one's out literally in two weeks as well. So uh, wow. that's Varney Lake, V-A-R-N-E-Y. Those are my three shout-outs. Right. Sweet. Uh, my shout-outs have all been covered. Uh, I also got to hang out with an old friend that I hadn't seen in like five years. Shout-out, Jesse. That was a great time. And other than that, all the video games are done, and that is our draft. Jacob, will you restate your five five picks yes my five picks starting with number one uh is um sorry on this way it's it's horizontal my five picks were flower bakery and cafe in boston get yourself a coffee and a nice sandwich next time you go to boston for packs the mage seeker a league of legends story uh mud from pillbox games it's a board game wrestle story from tiktok games and goodbye, Volcano High from Co-op. Awesome. Ryan. Uh, my draft list for PAX things was the video game tri- trivia panel hosted by just some some lovely gentlemen from Canada. I, uh, <laughs> name escapes a, me. I thought you were going to say trivial for a second. I'm like, yes. <laughs> some <laughs> trivial fan from Canada. Uh, Pacific Drive, Salvage Deep Space, Giving Alana Pierce a Tim Tam, and Death Roads <laughs> Tournament. <laughs> Bob. That a lot of Pierce story is in a YouTube clip. I don't know what is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I drafted uh, the Fantasy Star 4 vinyl record. Um, also, I suppose the uh, Mega Man Legends 2 one, uh, just because it's too dang good. Uh, Infernax, a game by someone. Uh, <laughs> name escapes me right now. Uh, Berserk Studio, that's who it was. Um, Rabble Games uh, and the board game Sparks, which I uh, got for free due to just someone's pure generosity. Every day we fight uh, and pins, pins, pins uh, all across the board. Pins to days. My picks were Demon School, Shumi Come Home, Meeting Jerry. I'm sorry, what's his last name? Holkins. Jerry Holkins. Um, Sorry, we're on a first name basis. So. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Homeseek and 
uh, here it says hanging with Bob for beers, but it's really more about just meeting up with friends and having a good time. All right. We always end our show with voting for who we think has the best list among our other contestants. So that way we can have our vote starting off with, um, you know, whatever these votes are. So I will start off the vote and <laughs> sorry guys. I mean, I just got to go with Ryan. He saw <laughs> so much of, uh, the things that like I was interested in, of course, uh, like Pacific drive and Jacob, the video game trivia panel was actually my first pick as well. And this is, uh, a lot of it has to do with, don't let it get to your head. It's about the community. Uh, and it just, thank you. It felt, uh, it, it was nice. It was, felt like you were part of something, you know? So, uh, yeah, Ryan gets my pick. Thank you, Preston. Ryan, who gets uh, your pick? I'm going to be voting for Jacob this week. Uh, anything with food related in there. And he got Russell's story, which was probably going to be my fifth round pick. <laughs> yep. Yep. Jacob, who gets your pick? Uh, I'm going to vote for you, Preston, only because okay. I'm not going to vote for my own panel because, like, that seems narcissistic <laughs> of me. Uh, but Demon School was honestly super dope when I played it at PAX West, and your Jerry Holkin story is, like, god tier. So, uh, one point for you. I just met Jerry from Penny York. Get out of here. Shout out, Jerry. You know, maybe one day you'll be on the show, too. Maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, who are you? Uh, Preston, despite one of your picks being hanging with me, I'm voting for Jacob. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wrestle Story is too good. Goodbye, Volcano High. I hear nothing but uh, great things about Mud. Honestly, I, I was very close to just purchasing it during this recording, and Mage Seeker might uh, get me to care about League of Legends. So, um, yeah, strong picks across the board. Yeah, I'm excited for Mage Seeker. Well, Bob, before you go, do you have anything that you would love to plug? I do have something I would love to plug. Uh, I, uh, If you're not sick of my voice already, because uh, I think legally every podcast I'm on has to be over two, hour <laughs> two hours long. I just can't stop talking. <laughs> um, I have a, a podcast of my own that I'm very proud of called 99 Questions. Uh, it's uh, me interviewing a bunch of folks, uh, some in the comedy world, some in the D&D world. Uh, if you know Brendan Lee Mulligan from Dimension 20, Sam Reich from College Humor, I've talked to a bunch of folks in the gaming world, people we've talked about today. Um, uh, uh, oh, name them all. Uh, Jesse Vitale, uh, I was able to talk to. Um, Dan Reichert, Mary Kish, um, Garcia. Ben Hansen, Janet Garcia from the panel we were talking about. Not a lot of Pierce, not yet. Um, and I got some uh, big ones coming up as well. I don't know when this is exactly coming out, but uh, my next, oh, well, uh, then uh, subscribe this weekend uh, will be my PAX East Spectacular, where I ran around interviewing folks from PAX and asking them some of the titular 99 questions. Uh, we had a nice. really fun time. And then I got some big ones uh, coming up after that. If you're familiar with uh, hip hop, uh, or Open Mike Eagle, a really big oh! up and coming rapper. I got to talk to him for like an hour and a half and he could not be a cooler guy. Um and yeah, I got to ask him about all the wrestling references in all of his songs, and uh, it rules. <laughs> <laughs> so look, uh, look out for that. That's ninety nine questions. Found wherever podcasts. With Bob yeah, uh, Jacob. What about you? I do too many things. I host Left Behind Game Club. Yeah, so I'll be quick. I host a show called Left Behind no, no, Game no. Club. It's a video game book club podcast. That's where a lot of our um, packs. 
uh, coverage will be, if you will. Audio versions of the two panels that I did will also be there. Um, I host a seasonal show called Cutscenes. It's a video game movie and TV podcast. We just finished uh, The Last of Us. Us. We were one of a thousand shows that cover The Last of Us, but dang it, we were definitely top 100. Uh, (laughs) And then video game trivia is something that I do on YouTube. Um, I think the best place to find all the things that I do is on Twitter, at Jacob McCourt. Um, That's where I post all the things that I do. So thanks for having me. It was fun to talk shop with y'all. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to all three of you for being on. Ryan, what do you got to plug? Yeah. Sorry, I'm so used to working very Uh, like (laughs) one-on-one that I just almost forgot that you're actually a guest. (laughs) It's okay. We've done a lot of stuff together lately, Preston. Yeah, I mean, check out. We've got a lot of PAX coverage over on the uh, Friendly Fire show. Um, episode just came out, episode two, uh, where pa- Preston and I were on Talking Packs. I've got some uh, audio podcast up of interviews I took with people uh, scattered around the show floor that was a fun listen. Um, some streams on the YouTube channel, uh, Friendly Fire Games Pod, uh, of demos and whatnot uh, after the show. But really, as we come close to the end of this over a year long project that I, uh, that we have, has just been a labor of love from almost everyone on this podcast being a part of it. Jacob, I would actually love to get you on for one of these episodes before we, we finish off. Yeah. Uh, gotta rank them all. The show where myself and my co-host Chris are ranking every single one of the Pokemon. Our list is in the thousands Hell yeah. already. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're closing in on the end of that era. At least it'll go on pause until another Pokemon game comes out. There's more Pokemon. Hell yeah. <laughs> heck of a show and as for the draft punks we of course have our new youtube channel that is very fresh where we are doing videos for many if not all of the games that we have discussed tonight uh well at least that ryan and i saw in addition to that we are regularly streaming there we also still stream on twitch a little bit but mostly i've been streaming on youtube lately so if you haven't subscribed yet those to subscribe we really appreciate it and other than that uh thank y'all so much for talking all about packs and i really hope i'll be able to hit west up uh if not we'll be seeing y'all at packs east next year and bob you know it you love it go ahead and give us the outro um just off the top oh of boy head. uh well till till next time young snake travelers be good to each other be good to each other and most importantly be good to each other be good to each other (laughs) that's it yeah that's what it says in the script (laughs) what's the first right um be happy. Be happy. Dang it. <laughs> That's the one thing I couldn't I was trying of. to smile for you. Be good, be good, be good. Thank you. Be good. Have a good one. <laughs>